Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Wednesday, September 14th. Thank you guys so much for joining me. This is Wake Up with Jay Rich. Ray was given the day off today because I got someone special in store. I'm excited to see everybody in the comments. So many people commenting. Ray had to get his intro in. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. We got a lot of people in the chat. Stone's in here. Wesley, Dynasty, Barry, John, Kenneth, Jeff. I saw Joe, Lindsey, Max, CJ, Christopher. Good morning to everybody out there. Um, great, excited show today. We're doing Thursday Night Football. We're going to talk some Monday Night Football. But I got to get right into it. I have a guest today for the show. It is Troy King of Football Guys. He does podcasts over there. He does some writing over there. He's also a contributor for the Fantasy Playbook run by Kyle Yates. I'm excited because Troy is someone that I have seen grow in this industry for so long. I have tons of respect for him. He is, you know, just a super cool dude. Thirsty gentleman extraordinaire. Thank God we did not get him on for a Thursday. But Troy, welcome to the show, my guy. How are you doing? Yo, man, I am doing excellent. And for the people, you know, we weren't expecting Ray. Listen, I'm a black guy. I'm bald. But I have a beard. So in a way, I'm kind of like an upgrade, sort of, you know what I mean? So like, but no, okay. it's good to be here, Jay Rich. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk to the people. I'm excited to talk about some football today. No, I appreciate that. And like, like you said, it's it's funny. That's the same joke I had in mind. You know, we just took a bald, a bald black guy and threw another bald black guy in his place. And now but I got a beard, a, though, so it's different. It's, you're and, a little look, more sophisticated, right? You, I you do have glasses, glasses too? Was, oh, I do have glasses, oh. but I wasn't going to do it because that would have been too much. Like, I'm not trying to be like Ray, you know what I mean? I was going to be like, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, like he does. But I'm like, nah, let me just... <laughs> I wasn't going to do all that. <laughs> no, Troy, we're super excited to have you on the show. Um, obviously, a big announcement coming at the end of the show, so everyone stay tuned for that. But, Troy, let's get into the news. A lot of things have been happening simply beyond Monday Night Football, and we do have to dive into that first. So let's get into straight facts. So as you guys can see, I am wearing the Seahawks jersey. I want you in the comments to guess whose jersey it is. I gave Troy a couple hints pre-show, and he actually got it on his first guess. So congratulations to you, my friend. But this is straight facts. We represent nothing but. And the Seattle Seahawks got a win over the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football. 17-16 to in an epic collapse by the Broncos, in my opinion. But, Troy, what's your biggest takeaway from this game? You know, there's a lot of th- angles you can go. The fumbles were obviously huge. But what's your biggest takeaway from Seahawks versus Broncos on Monday Night Football? My biggest takeaway is that Javante Williams is the guy. 
No, I feel like we have a lot of people who are drafting fancy football. I know they were nervous about the split, and I think that Javante Williams, I wouldn't say fell, but didn't go as high as maybe he would have if Melvin Gordon didn't resign. But the split to me was, you know, very obvious, right? It's going to be the Javante Williams show with a little bit of, you know, Melvin Gordon sprinkled in. I don't he look he got 12 targets. I don't see that being the norm. He will be involved in the passing game, but the Seahawks were just absolutely relentless against, you know, Russell Wilson. So I feel like that was one of the reasons for the dump offs and it was also weird that it took him so long to target one of his wide receivers. I don't think that's yeah. going to be normal either, but I think the Javante Williams show is real and it's here. Yeah, I think um, to your point about the Javante Williams show and, and kind of adding into that whole analysis was that the Seahawks played cover two most of the game. And so that forced a lot of dump downs early. And on top of this, this is just a, a theme that we've seen over the past couple of years. Like last year, the Seahawks allowed 1,100 receiving yards to the running back position alone. And that was the most in the league by over 200 yards. So when I was coming into this game and looking at how I think that the, C- the Seahawks would be attacked on the other end, it was, I assumed there would be a lot of dump offs because this is how the teams attacked them last year. And we saw that come into play. You obviously, like you mentioned, Javante Williams, 12 targets, 11 receptions. It's insane how much work he got, but it was also necessary. Russell Wilson wasn't able to target his guys downfield. It wasn't really until there was a few broken plays that he actually got the ball to Cortland Sutton. And the bomb to Jerry Judy was honestly just him throwing up a prayer that Judy came down with, made a play, broke a tackle, and ran for a touchdown. I'm not sure what to make of this offense. Obviously, Nathaniel Hackett made a ton of mistakes in the red zone, um, obviously at the end of the game, and, and that whole clock disaster. He came out today and said they should have went, went for it on fourth and five. You know, I, it's easy to say that. And, you know, but it, again, Troy, and I'm sure you felt the same way, watching that unfold, it looked like one of the biggest coaching disasters I've seen in some time. Like, yes, he's a new head coach, but it still just felt like such a rookie mistake that you're like, he better learn from this because taking the ball out of your star quarterback's hands is not a situation that you're going to want to do ever again. But how did you feel about that last few minutes on the clock? Because honestly, one of the worst coaching performances I've seen, and I get he's a rookie, but even still, it was just a disaster through and through. Yeah, and I think one of the other key things about late in the quarter during that time frame is that they took forever to call a timeout. So they yeah. called a timeout to then kick the field goal. So you wasted like 30 seconds just to call a timeout i'm like what is happening here like the whole clock management the whole decision making was absolute disaster in terms of the one of the biggest coaching disasters ever uh i'm not gonna go that far it's week one you know what i'm saying so i'm not gonna overreact that way but it was the fact that everyone in the world was watching it and look we're not head coaches we're not smart as head coaches but in that situation i was definitely you know capable of making that play and making that decision so (laughs) And then also, you're not paying Russell Wilson $200 million for him not to be able to convert a fourth and five, you know, to try to win the game. It's just, I I didn't understand what his logic, look, I was roasting him on Twitter. He did come out and admit that he was wrong. He admitted he was wrong, which is okay, cool. But I just want to know, like, how, like, I want to know what the assistant coaches were thinking. Like, yo, like, bro, what are you doing? But Again, 64 yards. It's one thing if it was like a 40-yarder. Okay, fine. But 50-yarder even. Yeah. Or 50-yarder. That wouldn't make more sense. But it's just like it was a complete disaster. And look, they'll get better. They have to get better. I was not expecting the Seahawks to win. But you know what? I think they'll be fine. I am worried about the Broncos in terms of the division. I think they're going to come at best third place. At best. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a big point. You know, we were talking about it in the Discord yesterday, how this is arguably one of their easiest games on the schedule. They have to play six games in division, which we know will all be tough, and they have to play three games against the NFC West. And by far, the Seahawks are the easiest game of those nine games. So I don't really know how they're going to make these this game up. It's just one of those games that they had to have. And they didn't get it done. And yes, you know, it's week one, but in a division as tough as they're in, it's going to be very difficult to overcome that. And there may be a point where we may even be saying, are the Raiders even better than they are? Just because they haven't quite gelled, they haven't quite got it together. I'm not going to write them off yet, but to your point, you definitely have to win this game against the Seahawks. It's inexcusable that they lost. It's more than just the timeouts at the end, but that was their last shot. And it seemed like they made them that mistake as well on top of the two fumbles at the goal line. So there's lots for them to clean up. But again, I think that the biggest thing is we they need some time to gel. Hackett obviously needs to learn some things as a head coach, learn from this experience. But I do think they will be fine overall. Now, going to the other side of the ball though Troy how did you feel about Rashad Penny because I think he's one of the biggest stories here we can talk about Geno Smith and how accurate he was how good he looked but I mean not a whole lot that he did for his receivers team leader was Kobe Parkinson with 30 with 43 yards the next was Will Disley with 43 yards as well DK only had 36 Lockett 28 I think Penny was the show and he's the guy that everyone wanted in fantasy but kind of faded because of Ken Walker. Ken Walker's expected to be back next week. How are you looking at this backfield now knowing that Walker's going to be back and how good Penny looked this first week because in my opinion he looked great. He had multiple runs called back. He could have easily had 100 yards in this game if things broke his way. Where are you at with Penny and Walker going forward in fantasy football? I say until further notice, I think Penny's still the guy. I think even when Ken, you know, Kenneth Walker does come back, it's like, okay, he's coming back off an of injury and he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Is he going to his first game back? Is he going to command a high opportunity share? I don't think so, right? He's going to get worked in. Let's see. Maybe they both look good. But Rashad Penny, look, he's been doing this since the end of last year, right? He's been looking good in last year. And then the thing about Rashad Penny is we've been dealing with injuries, right? We're always making jokes about him. We're always roasting the dude because he can't stay healthy. So yeah. if he's able to keep up this pace for the rest of the year, this guy could be a high-end RB2 in fantasy football, you know, but it's just it's just hard to trust him. And then he doesn't have that much – like, I think the lack of pass catching is a little bit worrisome too, but I think he's going to get goal line opportunities. So, yeah, I think Rashad Penny looked good. Uh, I just – well, we'll just have to see, right? His game script – is Geno Smith always going to look this good, right? I think it depends yeah. on the competition because if they're behind – or if it's not a close game in the behind, are they still going to use Penny as much? Are we going to see more Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, you know, Ken Walker? Look, he's not a prolific pass catcher, so how does he, you know, fit into it? So I say he looked good, but I'm trying to, you know, pause <laughs> enthusiasm, right? Like, like, it looked good week one, but let's see if he could stay healthy. Let's see if he could keep it up. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that he looked great. And I, and the biggest thing for me was he was breaking tackles off of first contact and he wasn't going down early and making guys miss in the hole. And I think that's the penny that we all expected out of college that we didn't really see, who's been hurt a lot. But it's looking like even behind that Seattle Seahawks offensive line, which we didn't believe would be very good, he looked all right. You know, Denver was a team that wasn't great against the run last year. So that is a big factor. And when they face better teams against the run, he may do a little bit worse. They do see San Francisco this week, which should be an interesting matchup for the Seahawks. But I do think that penny could be a guy who has some value a little bit longer than people were expecting but the last question i want to ask you about this game is where are you at judy or sutton who's the guy you're rolling with going forward who's going to be the wide receiver one for fantasy football i still think it's Sutton. i still think it's Sutton. look judy got lucky (laughs) with that touchdown (laughs) lucky come on lucky is that i don't know about lucky 
Okay, if I, maybe lucky is not the correct term, but here's the thing. If And I don't like doing the whole takeaway to touchdown thing. Look, he scored. He helped you for fantasy. But he was yeah. a target. Like he, I feel like the target he, – he eventually got targeted later in the game. But to me, I just feel like Sutton, he's, you know, he's the bigger body. I just feel like to me – and it's hard to dis- decipher from that game, right? Because none of them look particularly fantastic, right? It's yeah. just – but if I had to still choose, I'm still going to go Sutton. I just feel like – I like the deeper targets for him, and I just think mm-hmm. that with the red zone, I see Sutton being – look, he's a bigger body, right? I feel like Sutton's a great end zone target. And obviously, you have Alberto Owen. Yeah. It's Andrew Beck now who got the first three Andrew targets Beck. of the game. Let's, let's go, yeah. So I, I say for the time being, I'm going to go Sutton until further notice. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are saying in the comments, some are saying Judy, some are saying Sutton. You know, you take away the long touchdown. They're about even. Both saw seven targets. Both had four receptions. Obviously, Judy did get the longer touchdown, and there was a few broken plays to Corlin Sutton, but he did get his deep shots as well, just wasn't able to convert. Russ, under-throwing the ball a lot in that game, which is kind of surprising when you think about it. Ray is saying Judy, though. Ray thinks, seems to think Judy's the guy. I don't hate it. I mean, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it either, but I feel like we... It's not a lot to take away from this game, right? It's just I feel like we can't look at this game and be like, okay, we absolutely know who, which one it is. And I saw Hamler. It's absolutely not Hamler. <laughs> we, we know and I know my guy's joking, but it's absolutely not him. That's one thing I could say with confidence that it's not him. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. It's not going to be Hamler season probably for a long time. But another, so moving forward now, I want to talk about Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott has his thumb bro he fractured his thumb he got surgery on it people were projecting four weeks six weeks eight weeks he got his surgery and then it came out yesterday jerry jones talking about how well we're not going to put dak on ir because we think he's gonna be back before four games troy what are you doing with dak prescott do you believe jerry jones what do we do with dallas cd lamb tony pollard zeke elliott Pretty much useless without Dak Prescott, but how are you treating these guys in fantasy football right now, knowing that Dak is injured? Let's start with Dak. How do you feel about him? Knowing you got to wait four weeks, would you drop him in redraft, or would you hold on to him, hoping he comes back and looks good? I'm going to say, so first off, I want to address, I don't believe anything that Jerry Jones says. So <laughs> if he was truly only out four weeks, which I don't believe he is, then it might be worth if you have enough bench space. And I think it's all dependent on your league, right? If you have enough bench space to stash Dak and quote-unquote only going to be gone for four weeks, sure. But I'm going to be more on the pessimistic side, right? I think that he's going to be out close to that six- to eight-week range, right? And so that's that's my take on it. So And then now let's go to the pass catchers. The pass catchers. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, to talk about that, I would and if it's a single QB league, I would. I don't think you necessarily have to keep Dak. Let's be honest. He ain't look that great anyway. The first game, he's yep. not always gonna look that bad. Yep. But I feel like in one QB leagues, unless you have one of the elite guys, I feel like QB production for the most part is pretty easy to replace. Like, look, yeah, it's from on the waiver wire. So I'll say that. In terms of the other guys, look, everybody is. Uh, everyone gets a huge downgrade. Zeke Elliott to yeah. me. He looked so good running the ball, and they, they just mm-hmm. went away from him. He only had nine rushing attempts. I'm thinking to myself, look, they, they, gave, they gave Tony Pollard, you know, a few rushes. But in the game, Zeke looked really good, and they just got away from that. And I don't know why. I know they got down, but they should have kept feeding the ball to Zeke. And I feel that with Cooper Rush, it's going to be gross, right? Because I think they're going yeah. to rely on Zeke heavily, 
now because you're not going to just give Cooper rush the ball and just have him chuck it, you know, you know, a bunch of times a game. But I think you're going to if you're going to be playing Zeke, you're going to be doing it off of volume alone and you're going to pray that he scores a touchdown. But with Tony Pollard, he's the pass catching. It just everyone gets a look. It's I don't need to tell y'all this. Everyone gets a huge downgrade. But for Zeke, I feel like you're going to and also he's a better pass blocker than Tony Pollard. So I feel like yep, that's a big factor too. more. So I say that you can still use Zeke as a low-end RB2, maybe. I think that's where he's going to be, just based off volume alone. Pollard and PPR, flex play, I guess. I'm not maybe. excited about him. Maybe. <laughs> CD Lamb. CD Lamb has been disappointing in terms of expectations every single year. Like, look, this was just yep. one game. I get it. But people have been talking about CD Lamb in the tier of Justin Jefferson's you know, the A.J. Browns, the Cooper Cups, and CD's just not there. We At least we haven't seen it yet, right? And I was expecting this game, like, okay, he's going to get targeted. He got targeted a lot, but – Yeah. And, again, I don't – I'm trying not to overreact in one game, but, look, now you have Cooper Cup – you know, Cooper Rush targets going to CD. Like, I, <laughs> not I much different. a lot of – Exactly. No, so, you're – he's going to be a low-end wide receiver, too, at this point with that. Again, you're – hoping he gets the volume and somehow just PPRs his way into fantasy relevance. That's the only thing you could really hope for for CD. But And I think Dalton Schultz is might be one of the only consistent guys because tight end landscape is, in general, not great. So I feel like you can yeah. still start Dalton Schultz, and I think that he's the only one that – out of all of them, he's the one I'm least concerned about. I'm still concerned, but in terms of the position itself compared to the other positions, I guess he's the one I guess I have most confidence in. Yeah, absolutely. And Elwood said it right here. Dak was not throwing catchable passes, right? And neither was Cooper Rush. So, you know, we love CD getting all these targets. And he had an OPI that, you know, brought back another reception, which didn't help either. But Dak was looking bad regardless of the injury. And maybe it's Tampa Bay and their offense and their defense was looking humming really well. And they were covering everybody on the back end. But the offensive line just was not getting it done. It's it's reminding me of the DJ Moore-ish career arc right where it's like he keeps on supposed to being the guy and while dj moore has had horrible quarterback play pretty much his entire career now we're looking at you know cd top five dynasty wide receiver right no no he's not i i think he's still top 10 but i i could think of a bunch of guys i'm playing with ahead of cd right now <laughs> yeah and there's guys that can still ascend over him like if you want to make the case and troy i'll ask you straight up i know ray would probably make this case michael pittman or cd lamb which one are you taking? Well, it's funny. I, I saw that on Twitter. Like People were talking about that. At this very moment, give me Michael Pittman Jr. But the thing, of, the only thing I'm a little hesitant about is at least I know with CD, he's going to be tied to Dak. Dak's still the, fr- the future. After this yeah. year with Matt Ryan, I have no idea who Michael Pittman's quarterback is going to be. Yeah. I'm assuming sure. if – so that's the only thing that I'm a little hesitant about. Granted, last year, Michael Pittman – put up solid numbers with Carson Wentz, right? Even though Carson Wentz looked really good week one. Carson Wentz bald, right? <laughs> I say talent-wise, I think CeeDee Lamb is the more talented wide receiver. But if I'm mm-hmm. strict, talking strictly for – we got to talk about fantasy football, right? So at this time, maybe it's recency bias. I, I much prefer having Pittman at this very point in time. Good man. Good man. That's the correct answer. I, I would take Michael Pittman too. I don't even think it's that close. Um, I traded Dak Prescott in a 14-team dynasty league. It's 
I am very concerned, right? And we were talking about it yesterday is where is the bottom for his value? Even if he does come back, it's like that offensive line still looked terrible. He still looked bad. There's a lot of reasons why we should maybe be fading the Cowboys simply beyond this DAC injury. And Mike McCarthy still calling plays, which doesn't help at all either. But let's shift gears to the Baltimore Ravens and J.K. Dobbins, who we've been waiting to see hit the field for well over a year now. Actually, in this interview that he did with a local TV station, he talked about uh, Troy, how he's never played in front of the Baltimore fans before and I didn't realize that because he was hurt all of last year and then his rookie year was the COVID season so he's never played in front of entire an entire full stadium in Baltimore before but in an interview yesterday he talked about how he actually tore his ACL his LCL his meniscus and his hamstring you know there was fears and uncertainty about it was more than just an ACL for J.K. Dobbins and that's the reason why he's not coming back off injury but Troy if he is active this Sunday against your Dolphins I believe actually Actually, and we will get into that a little yeah. bit if we have enough time. Would you play J.K. Dobbins knowing this new fact that he has multiple ligament injuries and still we're not even sure if he's ready to play it? I would prefer not to play J.K. Dobbins, but it all depends on your team structure, right? If we're talking about your normal redraft league, if you have J.K. Dobbins on your team, I'm assuming he's your running back too. So unless yep. you drafted, unless you have a lot of running back depth and you're able to replace J.K. Dobbins, then cool. I, I would try to pivot if possible, but I'm not saying you have to play, you know, James Cook because he looked terrible over J.K. <laughs> Dobbins. So you really have to look at your opportunity cost when you're making that decision. But to me, I, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. I will say, though, you the Dolphins – even though they looked okay against the you know the Patriots rushing, they're not that great at stopping the run. They've that's been a Achilles' heel for them for the past few years. So we know the Ravens are absolutely going to be running it down their throats. So if he's active and you don't have another option, it's fine. But it really just depends on what are your what what's your opportunity cost. I'm nervous. I would like to see how he looks. If he goes off on my bench, cool, and then I could just play yeah. the rest of the year. But in his first game back after not playing football for quite some time, and like he wasn't able to start last week, it's it, to me. I know it's not exactly similar, but look at what happened with like Chris Godwin, right? The Bucks yep. they played him, he got re-injured, and up it's you know he's now he's hurt for an extended amount of time. So there's a little bit of trepidation for me when it comes to playing JK, but it really just depends on what your options are. Some people don't have a choice. So slot yeah. me RB2 spot and pray for the best, but I'll try to pivot to different options if I can. No, yeah, I'm absolutely with you. I think you have to. And just, again, t hearing him talk about the injury and our injury doctor, Jeff Mueller, who will probably talk about it on his injury podcast, which comes out on Sunday on the DD radio feed. Uh, he said that it's like, fantastic that jk is playing at all like if he does play and him seeing him back on the field like it's not a miracle but it is something that is very very good to see because coming back from all these injuries like it's it's you're basically reconstructing your entire leg it's not just one ligament that you strengthen over time it's literally you know multiple pieces of his knee that all come together that he just completely shredded so to see him come back would be awesome but for fantasy purposes we just can't expect a whole lot now another running back who got injured is Najee Harris right dealing with a Liz Frank injury he re-injured it apparently left the game Jalen Warren got a ton of snaps a hot waiver wire pick I'm sure uh this weekend getting Jalen Warren even though a lot of people in our discord have been saying get Jalen Warren a long time ago so if you're tapped in you probably got a lot of shares of him but 
you know, the biggest thing is that against the Patriots, Troy, would you start Najee Harris? It sounds crazy to bench him, but he only had 8.6 points, or yeah, 8.6 fantasy points this week, which included a receiving touchdown, which basically means he did next to nothing without it. Where are you at with Najee Harris and would you play him against the Patriots? I would play Najee Harris against the Patriots. And I think, so obviously the, the injury, and I, I heard him in an interview, I think he said he's playing, I think he said he's yeah. fine. But, you know, coming off the weekend, everyone's panicking, like, oh, my God, Najee. Eh. I feel like he's one of those guys where I feel like he could make it up, at least in the passing game, where even if he's not maybe efficient in running. So mm-hmm. I believe, and look, and he's trusted on the goal line, right? They give it to him on the goal line. So I would play Najee. I feel like this is a little bit different than the, like, J.K. Dobbins situation, for example. He got a little banged up. If he's playing, what's up, LQ? <laughs> LQ uh, in the building, 5 a.m. He made it. A little late, but he made <laughs> it. Late, but- but uh, no, nah, I say that if Najee's active, I'm playing him because, again, it's kind of like, look at your team, right? There's not many yeah. people you could play over Najee Harris on your team that's going to be better because you probably took him with at least your first or second round pick if it's, again, your standard, you know, redraft league. So, yeah, uh, I'm playing Najee. If he's active, I'm playing yeah, it's, I mean, it's your first, maybe second round pick if you're lucky. Yeah. You kind of have to play him. There's not really a whole lot you can do about yeah. it. But I'm definitely, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, another running back I'm concerned about is Damian Pierce. Uh, Damian Pierce didn't, I believe he only said, saw 27% of snaps, 28% of snaps in this game to Rex Burkhead. Yikes. Uh, you don't want to see that. Rookie running back supposed to be the starter, but Lovey Smith did come out and admitted that there was a plan to get Pierce the ball more. It just didn't really come to fruition, and they're going to try and get him more touches in the future how do you feel about Damian Pierce in his debut and do you think he will get more touches going forward give some managers some hope for Damian Pierce after they drafted him in the fifth sixth round with all that hype about him being the starter I was about to say I'll, I'll do my best to get y'all hope man but here's the thing <laughs> so Damian Pierce was the preseason hotness right I always feel that most fantasy managers always fall into this okay this rookie he's named a starter cool and then that's why people draft him so high and then he lets it absolutely you know lays an egg pretty much for fantasy and one of the concerns i have for damian pierce is yeah he has a little bit of juice and all that but rex burkhead isn't going away and i think he's not going away and he's clearly the guy he had saw eight targets so even if they give damian pierce more work is he going to eat into that target share? I don't think so. Maybe he'll get two, three targets at most. But clearly, yeah. they trust Burkhead. And look, Burkhead is not sexy at all, but he's a solid running back. He does what coaches like for you know running backs to do. And I know that's not great for fantasy, but for real-life football, he does what the coaches want him to do. So he's going to see playing time. And as of right now, and, and he just he's a good pass catcher. He's a good pass catcher, and Damian Pierce, even college, he wasn't a prolific pass-catching running back. You know, he was good yeah. on the ones and twos. So I think that I am concerned about Damian Pierce in terms of his upside because I feel he would need to be extremely efficient with his touches because I don't see him going from the performance in week one to all of a sudden having 20 carries a game. I know that's what family managers w- would like, but – he would either mm-hmm. have to be extremely efficient with his touches and you know break off long runs, or he needs to score touchdowns. I feel to be able to, you know, pay up for your ADP. And I feel like as the season goes on, it is not going to matter what the ADP is. But we're only at week one, so right now it's still somewhat still matters relevant. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it still matters a little bit because you only have one weekend. So I am skeptical, and I don't know how 
it, they looked fine, but I think also when you're not a pass catching back, if you don't catch passes and you're not on a necessarily good team, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're going to, and I know that game was weird in terms of how it ended and how it played out, but when they face better teams, and let's say they're trailing, is Damian Pierce going to be the guy that's in the game if they're trailing? Nope. I don't know yet. Exactly. It's going to be most likely Rex Burkhead. Now, could that change? Maybe. But I, these are the reasons I'm a little skeptical. No, I, I'm with you. I think they're all perfectly valid, right? It's This is a game where, that at one point they were up 20-3. to three, And at that point, you think you're grinding it out with your running back. This is supposed to be your guy who's your starting running back. In games like this, teams that aren't that good like Houston, they want to run that clock. They want to win the game. And they just didn't really do that with Damian Pierce, even though, in my opinion, he's the far more talented running back. Now, another running back who got injured over the weekend was Ty Montgomery, Patriots running back, who actually scored a touchdown. Um, now we're going to hopefully see Ramondre Stevenson in a full-time receiving role for the Patriots. Are you excited about that, Troy? Do you think that Ramondre can carve out a role outside of Damian Harris being the primary rusher in New England? And if so, do you even care? Because that team is so bad that they probably put up what? 14 points a week if we're lucky. Mac Jones has an injured back. He might play. They're playing the goddamn Steelers this week. Like, how much can we really trust this Patriots offense? But how do you feel about Ramondre potentially stepping into that full-time pass-catching role in New England? possibly and his thing so i don't know if they're they're not just gonna go with i think damian harris and ramondre stevenson they saw pierre strong and i know he's not i think he's gonna be somewhat involved i don't know if he's necessarily gonna take away the passing now works i think ramondre he's obviously going to be more involved but kind of like what you reference what does that help me in fantasy and do we care right yeah do we care and just like they're going against the Steelers did we did y'all see what the Steelers just did to the Bengals who are a much better team than the Patriots Uh, if you have multiple flex spots or if you have multiple flex spots sure I think if you play Ramondre, you're playing it for a floor rather than upside. I don't think he presents a yeah. lot of upside. So I think that's another thing to consider. If you're just looking for a floor play and you're hoping he catches some passes, sure. There's a lot of running backs that can do that, right? Might as well start like Naeem Hines or someone like that. But Ramondre, to me, it's like, okay, what are you getting from that start? And I think that's what you really need to tell yourself. Like, hey, if I'm playing Ramondre – what upside does he bring? Not a whole lot because yeah. I feel like on the goal line, it's still most likely going to be Damian Harris. He's going to get the goal line work and Ramondre is going to be sprinkled in. But yeah, that performance, look, the Dolphins defense is good, but I was not <laughs> expecting him to make that offense. I didn't, and look, when you have Matt Patricia calling plays, it doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence in terms of wanting to play those starters. It just, it's absolutely disgusting all over the place. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's not good as a Patriots fan and as someone who's been watching this unfold, it seems like for months now, waiting for some clarity on what could possibly happen. Uh, Ramondre is not looking like a great play to your point, maybe some volume, but skim, like very slight touchdown upside. And the only saving grace is thank God TJ Watt probably won't be playing in this game. Torres Peck, apparently not that serious, could miss up of six to eight weeks. Thankfully, it's looking like it's not a season ending injury, but yeah, they made the Patriots look like shit and frankly they probably deserve that with how they looked all preseason but the other last piece of news that I wanted to mention was the 49ers were trying out running backs yesterday Devonta Freeman Tevin Coleman Abram Smith Marlon Mack yes so everyone wanted it to be uh, Mason and TDP as potentially these guys who can be behind Jeff Wilson but 
there's a small chance that the North Niners do bring in an extra running back now that Elijah Mitchell is out six to eight weeks. Troy, does that give you pause at all about even Jeff Wilson's role in this offense, knowing that they may bring in a veteran to this offense? Absolutely. I'm not worried about Jeff Wilson. I feel like if he's healthy, he's the guy. He's proven to be the guy in the past, and he's proven to be trusted by the same. Like, it's still Kyle Shanahan. Is that true? It, they signed yeah, they Marlon Mack? Sign, they, they did sign Lauren Marlon Mack to the practice squad. Ooh. They signed him to the practice squad. Spicy. Right, look, guys, we Marlon Mack ain't it, right? You just <laughs> They just signed Marlon Mack for a death piece. So I'm not – like I feel like this does not – don't get excited about Marlon Mack, guys. I feel like – I know with, you know, San Francisco, I like to make the joke about it's anyone's game. It could – maybe Mason happens to be the guy. I don't know if he is because let's kind of look at the situation, what, what just happened. So, Elijah Mitchell, he got injured. The backfield yep. was split between Debo Samuel and Jeff Wilson. I believe Jeff Wilson had about 11 rushes. Debo had about eight rushes. And Mason had zero because – yeah. One, he just getting involved and he was, you know, playing special teams. I know TDP wasn't active. And then some people are saying that, oh, TDP being inactive is actually good because he doesn't play special teams or whatever. So let's say he's activated, right? Yeah. How much of a role is he going to be? Because in Jordan Mason, right, it, it, someone has to play special teams. So I think Jordan Mason is going to be active. He's still going to play special teams, maybe be sprinkled in a bit. TDP maybe will be just active just to back up Jeff Wilson if he gets hurt. But just how much run does he get? I think it's going to be the Debo and Jeff Wilson. Yeah, I think it's going to be the Debo and Jeff Wilson show. I don't think you need to be worried about, especially don't be worried about Marlon Mack. Like, guys, he just got kicked <laughs> off of Houston, who just literally just has Damian Pierce and Rex Burkhead. So, to me, I think that should just tell you everything you need to know. Granted, I could be absolutely wrong and something could happen, but I think it's a Jeff Wilson show, and it's going to be until as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, no, you're you're 100% right. And yeah, there was that report as well that it was the fact that Jordan Mason was playing on special teams. That's why he was active over TDP and TDP obviously not playing special teams. But that doesn't mean he can't be the primary backup this coming week. And again, they are playing Seattle. So it's worth mentioning, you know, I'm a little skeptical about Trey Lance, but we saw how many receptions went the running backs ways this week. So if we need a guy who's going to catch passes, you want to look to some of those guys, especially if you're looking at prop bets and things like that. There's lots of opportunities there. And I mentioned this, you know, in a video in Monday Night football about the receiving backs against Seattle a lot of opportunity there in a way that Shanahan can take advantage of this defense but let's get into the game that's on Thursday let's get into Thursday night football Troy we have the Patrick Mahomes led Kansas City Chiefs at home versus Justin Herbert and the visiting Los Angeles Chargers the Chiefs are favored by actually four and a half now the over under still 54 and a half I just gotta ask you Troy straight up who's gonna win this game is it going to be the Chiefs at home, or is it going to be the Los Angeles Chargers? They've hit the total of 54 in the last three games, and the Chargers have won each of the last two games in Arrowhead, which is very interesting when I looked that up. Where are you at with this game? Do you think the Chiefs can get a dub at home against their probably division rivals this season? Uh, this, is a, this is a way harder question than it should be. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to find a way to get it done. And I think that like last game, I was people were just absolutely disrespecting Patrick Mahomes all offseason. Like, oh, he has the Tyreek Hill. He's going to take a step back. People in yeah. fantasy are drafting him sometimes as the QB4. Right, Most of the time he wants QB3. But I just think that 
Look, and just kind of like you said, they lost the last two times. I know in Arrowhead, motivated. I think the Chiefs find a way. Yeah, they'd be motivated. They'd be like, oh, and I don't think their defense is that great. I think the Chargers are overall a better team. But I feel like just given okay. the situation, give me the Chiefs. God, they look. Because the, the Chargers have the better defense as well as they have a very competent offense or elite offense. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and, you know, you have Travis Kelsey. So I just think that the Chiefs find a way to get it done. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm, I'm with you. You know, you got those two guys. You're starting them. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and in my opinion, Juju Smith-Schuster. Look at Ray giving us $150 super chat. My goodness. My goodness. This guy's um, going off. Just blowing man, it up. Troy, you're getting paid today. The guest always gets the super chats. So this is this is all for you, my friend. You'll have to get with well, Ray later about getting you, your super man. chat money. But um, yeah, the Chargers, uh, the biggest thing people need to understand with this game script is that they were terrible against the run last season. They were god-awful. So this is the biggest thing that I was looking at coming into this season. They did bolster the defensive line to improve in that run game. The week In week one, they only allowed 64 rushing yards, which is fifth best in the NFL. Now, it's only week one. I'm not going to overreact crazy, but they were dead last in the NFL last year. So coming all the way up to fifth, even in week one... I will take it. And I know that the Chiefs are probably not going to look to run a whole lot. I think this game will be close. I think it'll be a shootout. But are the Chiefs going to (laughs) win convincingly? I don't know. But we know that Keenan Allen is probably not going to play. We know that Mike Williams was on a milk carton all last game. Do you think he's going to show up in this one, Troy? Because, you know, Keenan Allen was out in the second quarter. And it should have been the Mike Williams show. And he just didn't show up. Do you think he will in this game against the Chiefs? I feel like he has absolutely no choice but to show up. If you can't show up in this game, and this is one of the most frustrating things about Mike Williams. I thought we deal with this every year. So let's look back to last year. He tore it up in the beginning of the season. It was it was him and Cooper Cup. I don't know if y'all remember. It was Mike Williams and Cooper Cup, like the best wide receivers in fantasy football last year. Then all of a yeah. sudden, Mike Williams just does a disappearing act. And that's one that is so inconsistent. I don't know why. He just got paid like He's just a big athletic receiver. You would think that he would just get the ball more or just put up fancy numbers more consistently, but for some reason he doesn't. So I feel that I'm playing him because if you're not going to play him in this situation with Keenan Allen's out, when are you going to play the guy, right? Yeah. And, and then I'm looking at the other you know, wide receivers. You got Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter, he only had four targets, but he happened to score a touchdown, and that's what we like in fantasy football, touchdowns. And Josh Palmer didn't do – I thought he was going to be more involved, but I feel, look, there's an opportunity for both of the guys to step up. And then yep. we'll we'll see who carves out a role. Like, we're looking for that wide receiver three in a you know high-flying offense. So I don't know if it's DeAndre Carter, but we can't forget about Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett scored yep. a touchdown, so maybe he's the quote-unquote wide receiver three in this offense. So – I mean, I'm, I don't know how it's going to play out. If my if I was a betting man, I think Josh Palmer is more talented than Andre Carter. So I okay. would, would probably lean that way, but that that's my take on it. Shorts disagrees with you. He thinks DeAndre Carter over Palmer. And I mean, the way it looked in that last game, I can't disagree. If we're just looking at that last game, then yeah, DeAndre Carter, it was, he would seem to be more involved by in terms of talent-wise. James, do you think DeAndre Carter is more talented than Josh Palmer? No, but again, it just depends on what is his role going to be in the offense. If Carter is the one who's taking this slot role, which is the available role right now, over Palmer, then that's going to be a bit of a problem, right? Everyone wants Josh Palmer to be a thing, but if Carter's the one that gets these targets, even if it's in the slot, 
then he's going to have value because that's the role that Keenan plays. And I think where you're right is that now they have a whole, well, not a whole week. They got three days to game plan with their personnel, right? Before it was spur of the moment. This is how we're going to play it. I think to a lot of people's points, it could be Everett who gets some of those slot targets, could be Carter, but they will at least have a game plan going into this game. Now, they're not ruling Keenan Allen out yet, but do not play Keenan Allen. Yeah. It is even if he is active, you should not be playing him. It's just not a good situation. So I would not do that. But yeah, I think that there could be a world where Josh Palmer does explode in this game. I think there's a lot of offense to be had against the Chiefs. They did look good, but Arizona's just bad. Like they're bad on defense. They didn't look good on offense. So there's a lot of things working over there. But I do want to touch on the Chiefs a little bit because I loved what I saw from Juju this week. I was kind of all in on Juju this offseason. I believe that he could really be a guy who has a phenomenal year. And yes, he has Patrick Mahomes now instead of Ben Roethlisberger. But it still seemed like people weren't all the way in. And even MVS looked confident as well. We saw Sky Moore get involved. What are you expecting from the chief offense? Do you really think Patrick Mahomes is going to have this, you know, weekly approach, different guys every week? Who is it going to be? Or do you think that Juju can really carve out the role as the wide receiver too in that offense, obviously behind Travis Kelsey? I think that Juju can carve out that role, but I don't think Patrick Mahomes was lying that he's going to spread the ball around. Like Miko Harmon scored, right? The forgotten man. He didn't get a lot of targets, but, and that's the thing that about the Chiefs, right? And, and we've even seen this in the past with, like, you know, Demarcus Robinson, right? There's always some random guy that happens to score a touchdown on the Chiefs. And he he did spread the ball out to, I think, I don't know, was it eight, nine different pass catchers, you know, in the game last week. So I think that Patrick Mahomes is not lying that the only constant is going to be Kelsey. But I think Juju is the most talented wide receiver, quote-unquote wide receiver, on the team so i think that he does have a role and i'm playing juju like he's not somebody i'm gonna be sitting just because yeah he is to me he is the wide receiver one on that team he looked like the wide receiver one last week and i think he's going to continue to get that opportunities mvs if you're looking for just like a upside flex play who just scores a long touchdown pretty much if you're looking for miko hardman of years past play mvs right that's that's what that's what you're playing MVS for. I don't see him as being a high-volume target guy. If you're looking for the targets, I think I would be leading to Juju. Sky Moore, we'll see if he can carve out a role. He, he, obviously, he's a rookie. He's got to earn it maybe throughout, as the season goes on. We'll be talking about him more. But from week one, I didn't see an, enough involvement with him where I'm going to like elevate him just yet. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm in on the Chiefs. I think they're going to win this game. I love Juju. I think MVS is flex worthy. Then we'll see with the Chargers offense. Obviously, you're playing Justin Herbert. You're playing Eckler. We're not playing any of the backup running backs because we don't want to talk about Sony Michelle and how he was involved. And that was gross. But I think, you know, we'll see. It could be Palmer. And if you want to flex him at your own risk, um, obviously, DeAndre Carter, same story there. But you want to start Mark Mike Williams. You really have no choice. If he doesn't do anything in this game, he's just Mike Williams and he, and he sucks. Yeah. But Either way, let's move forward because I do want to talk about your Dolphins. Um, you touched on them a little bit. What do you hope to see from them in week two? Uh, I'm assuming you saw the comment from Tyree Kill about how he says that Mike McDaniels needs to get a wheelbarrow to walk around with his balls because they're so big. But where are you at with those two? Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Tua Tagovailoa, and more importantly, that running game that didn't look so good in week one. So let's, let's talk about the running game. So <laughs> in terms of rushing efficiency, it was not good. So Chase Edmonds, he rushed 12 times for 25 yards. And Raheem Mostert rushed five times for 16 yards. So, you know, I would say that the Patriots D-line, and I feel like the Patriots defense isn't terrible. So I feel like that was part of it. 
I also feel that, you know, Toronto Armstead got hurt, so I feel that impacted the offensive line, as well as I know the Dolphins have kind of struggled. Well, no, they have struggled with running the ball in the years yeah. past, but I think that the, the bright side to Chase Edmonds, for example, right, is that he saw targets. He had four targets, he had four receptions, four targets for 40 yards, and that's the reason why you drafted Chase Edmonds, not necessarily because he's a prolific mm-hmm. rusher. You pr- drafted him because he's going to catch passes, and I think we're gonna. That's gonna be the constant. And Raheem Mostert, and I've been saying this all offseason. If you've been listening to me, I've been saying Chase Edmonds is the guy. Raheem Mostert. If anyone knows Mike McDaniel, if everyone knows Raheem Mostert is Mike McDaniel, right? And he knows that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And Raheem Mostert is explosive, but they're not going to trust him volume wise. You're relying on efficiency. You're relying on him to break a huge run for a touchdown. Otherwise, he's almost not playable besides a flex play right if you're or like a bi-week fill-in because he's just not going to get that consistent volume because they're trying to preserve him for the rest of the season because he's dealt with injuries for all of his career but so the run game itself it's it wasn't promising i'm hoping to see more efficiency from the run game and hopefully more goal and opportunities for chase edmonds down the line oh and miles gaskin he was the rb3 did absolutely nothing so no one's Draft, you know, rostering him, but if you have to be rostering him, don't, please. And in terms of, let me talk about the pass catcher. So Tyree Kill was as advertised. He looked great. Yeah. Eight receptions, 12 targets, 94 yards. He just unguardable. He looked unguardable. The Dolphins, and I liked what the Dolphins did. They put him all over the place in motion. Mm-hmm. You know, he went out deep. He did curl routes. He went, you know, so he was just all over the place, and that's what they want to do, right? They're going to scheme ways to get Tyreek the ball. He's an absolute bona fide wide receiver one on the team. That yep. was not surprising to me. And Jalen Waddle, I was he was the one I was curious about his role in terms of how involved he would be. He he got five targets, which is okay. He happened to score that long touchdown. He had 69 yards. <sighs> that was yards. disgusting, nice. though. Oh, my no, God. And, but it, it wasn't just disgusting, but I think what people need to realize is that that throw by Tua was excellent between two defenders to Jalen Watt because everyone remembers the run by Jalen yeah he just burned them but that throw he threaded the needle between those two receivers and got it to Jalen Watt and just like you, you said Mike Medina had big balls on fourth and seven on fourth and <laughs> yeah, seven fourth that and seven. throw that play it was it was incredible and I think that's what we're going to see more for Jalen Watt the yak right because He's not mm-hmm. going to be the target leader on this team. We're not going to see what we saw last year where he's just going to get constant targets. But I think because of Tyree Kill, that's going to allow Jalen Wall to be more open, to make big plays like that. So I'm excited from that perspective. But, yeah, the, the offense itself, it, it looked good. I feel like we should have scored more touchdowns. We only scored one offensive touchdown. So, yeah. Against Baltimore, I'm I'm a little nervous. I don't if I'm a betting man, I bet Baltimore to win. But okay. I'm curious to see how the offense plays against them. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think to your point, it's week one. It was against the Patriots, a big game for them to win, especially at home. You want to win that game always against a division opponent. But I'm still 
weary because again if you've got a team that can shut down them in the passing game which will be very difficult the running game didn't look good enough to kind of supplement what they could do in the passing game so i'm curious to see how mcdaniel obviously navigates that and hopefully they can get that running game going a little bit but troy we have a massive announcement today people are talking about in the chat they're wondering why ray isn't here i kicked ray off the stream today because i wanted to do a show with you exclusively and i wanted to have you on for the big announcement so let's get into it right now any artists out there want to be an artist and want to stay a star and don't want to, want to have to worry about the executive producer trying to be all in the video, all on the record, dancing, come to death row. For everybody who doesn't know what was going on, that was Suge Knight as Ray GQ as Suge Knight telling everybody to join Destination Devi. Troy King, you and Laquan Jones, editorial researcher for the NFL Network, will be doing a show for us live here on this YouTube channel every Tuesday from 7 to 8. Please, Troy, tell the people what you and LQ are going to be doing. Fire content only, thirsty players of the week. I don't know what the hell you guys are going to get up to, but I'm excited to see you guys put it all together. It will be starting next week. Troy, tell the people what you and LQ got cooking up for the channel. No, absolutely, man. Laquan Jones, to see you. You know, he's been in the chat, but yeah. So me and my friend Laquan Jones, we're gonna be doing every Tuesday, seven to eight. We're gonna be doing a Monday night recap for y'all, as well as we're going to be looking sort of towards the week ahead, right? Because everyone wants to know what players are gonna pop off. So we got segments like fire content only. That's my boy LQ's favorite phrase. That's gonna be talking about players that are gonna exceed expectations. We also have segments like worst thirst, right? So players that might be, you know, quote unquote startable, but I think they're going to let you down. So we're going to talk about that as well as we're going to be diving into the waiver wire Tuesday, Tuesday's waiver wire day. So, you know, we got to talk about your waiver wire picks, how much you should be spending on guys and all that. So we're going to make sure that you guys are putting in the correct waiver wire claims, targeting the right guys. So we're just here to help you, man. We're here to help you get better at fantasy. Look, you got JR, you got, you know, Ray in the mornings, you got us in the evenings, man. Like, we're going to get you right for the week. But yeah, I'm excited to be part of Destination Debbie, hanging out with y'all, man. It's just, it's a huge opportunity. And I'm so excited to be, you know, part of this journey with y'all. Yeah, we honestly, Troy, both of us, we're super excited to get you guys on the channel. Um, obviously, everyone in the chat is loving it. They're super excited. So this will, uh, everyone, some people were asking, it will be a PM show, 7 PM to 8 PM. Yes. It will be live on this YouTube channel, and it will also drop on the Destination Devi radio podcast network. Make sure you go in the description of this video and you are following Troy and LQ because they are going to be putting out like LQ says, fire content only. We are super excited to have them on. But Troy, I just want to say thank you to you. I honestly, one of the people that I've wanted to do a show with for a long time. So it was great to have you on. Really appreciate you getting up with me today. Um, is there any final words you want to say to the people before we get out of here? No, I just want to say, look, guys, if you if you like the content, follow me at TKing Mode. Twitter is my home base, but you can find me at TKing Mode pretty much on all social media platforms. And yeah, like I said, Destination Devi Crowd. Like I love y'all. I've been part of y'all. I've been rocking with this show for about two years. So, you know, I'm in the comments to, you know, waking up with Ray G and Jay Rich. So I just appreciate y'all. I'm excited to be on this journey with you guys. I'm 
excited to help you guys win championships, help you yes, guys sir. make right decisions. And I'm just glad to be part of the family, man. I can't wait to ride. Thank you so much, Troy. Uh, we obviously really appreciate you having you on. And thank you, everyone who tuned in. Make sure you drop me a like and subscribe for future content. Sub to the newsletter, sub to the podcast feed, and get excited because there is more stuff coming in the works. Ray and I will be back on Friday breaking down the entire weekend slate and talking what happened on Thursday Night Football. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you guys on Friday. I'm out. Peace. Peace.